Welcome to this shifting moment. This is a podcast in which we're seeking a profound shift in the way that we react to things. We do that through weekly discussions and twice weekly readings and responses from some of the great thinkers and spiritual writers. And my name is Richard, and I'm a spiritual coach and a mindfulness teacher with over 20 years of experience in treatment and private practice. And my name is Josh, and I'm an ordained pastor and a writer with a history of directing spiritual communities. We want you to be a part of everything that we do. We look forward to hearing your thoughts and suggestions. Please contact us at 424-341-3860 and follow us on This Shifting Moment on Instagram and Facebook. That's the way I do my readings. And, and, you know, and, I, and we're moving into me doing a lot more writing. And, yep. and yep. this is um, just happened to... And when I, I came across this somewhere when I was going through my old writings and mm. it looked like it was appropriate. It was a one page reading. It looked like it was appropriate to put in my book as a reading. And so, um, and you and I talked about it before, and this is ironically the number that you picked out of the book. Which is hilarious. So wait, so for people who are listening, who maybe haven't like, who don't know your process when you work with people and stuff. So what we're trying to do here today is to kind of let you into the way that Richard uses these readings. Um, Cause we have readings on our podcast <laughs> and we just kind of wanted to help everybody sort of remember what those readings are there for. Uh, mm -hmm. They're, they're really there as like, they're not just sort of Google search readings. Like Richard actually uh, spends a lot of time reading. If you could see what I can see, which is Richard behind his little library in his back, there's just hundreds of books behind him he's an avid reader he reads like crazy and the cooler thing that he does while reading is he actually pulls these readings from the books he's reading so essentially these readings are like condensed versions like they're the good stuff <laughs> of the big long crazy book that you have to read to get that page and a half that's like like gold so anyway yeah so um, you don't you don't have to read the book because i read it for you there it is and so totally. when I do a session, I will sit in session and we'll we'll do our vow. I'll go over the values. We'll talk about what what's going on in the lives of the various people that I work with. And we'll discuss some of their struggles and some of the things that have gone well and some of the the situations and circumstances that happened during the week. And we'll try to come into spiritual solution around them. And then towards the end of our session, I will have them pull a random number out of the book just at random and almost invariably they'll look at me and they'll go, Oh my God, that was just exactly what we talked about. That's I, And I've experienced that too. Like it's nuts. Like I'll give you, so the, the perfect example here today is Richard was like, okay, so pick a number between one and 60. So this is his new book and we were prepping for this. And I was like, yeah, 52. <laughs> and the one he picked, he opened up and he said, Oh my God, this is, this is the one that I wrote. And I was like, well, I mean, that's the one we have to go with today. Uh, and you said, and it's about miracles. And I was like, that's even more perfect. So, I mean, it's just that that it, it never ceases to amaze me that usually this has something, you know, to do with the life we're living presently, <laughs> or at least what's going on. Yeah. Ser a little serendipity, you know, like, um, and so this is the way where it goes. This is called miracles. And it goes like this. I remember my dear departed sponsor telling me over and over again when things looked bleak and dark and I was feeling completely hopeless and I didn't feel that anything was going to work itself out. It was a difficult time and I remember clearly how bleak things looked as far as money, job, friendships, 
almost every area of my life. Absolutely devastating. I remember putting my head in my hands and just sobbing uncontrollably day in and day out. I would not call it depression. And so often I hate hearing people pathologize those kinds of experiences. I was experiencing reality. There was nothing wrong with me. I had just not made good choices. And I had a difficult time thinking things through. And it compounded on itself to where I was somewhat immobilized. The suggestion that I received was him from him was to pray for a miracle, which seemed so absurd at the time. And I did, but I would re repeatedly tell myself that I didn't believe that this would help me in any way at all. He would remind me that we can pray for a miracle, but if you're not available for the miracle, it's not likely to become a reality. Mm. What does it mean to be available for a miracle? For me today, it means that I have to believe that it is possible, that some shift, some kind of opening could present itself. But if I keep looking down with my head in my hands, I'm not going to be able to see it. To me, miracles are sometimes a new way of seeing things, a subtle shift in perspective, an almost aha moment where we come to a new realization of possibility. That happened for me. I was willing to take a completely new path, to present myself in a completely new way, and to give myself completely to that new way. I had been so committed to how I thought things needed to go in order for me to be okay that I couldn't even see that there might be another path that might offer more than I could have possibly imagined. That's making yourself available for a miracle. That's so beautiful. Could you could you do me a favor and reread that last little paragraph or that last chunk that kind of sums it all up? I had been so committed to how I thought things needed to go in order for me to be okay that I couldn't even see that there might be another path that might offer more than I could possibly have imagined. Hmm. And that's making yourself available for a miracle. That's so beautiful. So essentially, when you... Sorry, I don't want to skip right to the the good stuff there. First of all, that's an incredible reading. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful stuff. Um, but so what I find so fascinating about that is that in that sort of the definition of a miracle isn't necessarily what we want. <laughs> I think the definition of the miracle and being available for that miracle is actually getting into the real deal mindset of it doesn't matter what happens. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna keep going. And I'm gonna keep moving, and I'm gonna be in acceptance like that, and that and puts yeah, you in a place. Exactly, and so, and that's exactly what did happen for me. I, mm. I kept praying for a miracle, and slowly but surely, my life started to change, mm. and the way I looked at my life started to change too. Mm. And so I could see that things that were moving around for me was part of the miracle happening but it, it required me being able to see that and label it that way well and yeah we've been talking about this a lot richard and I, I think this is kind of a fascinating way to bring this idea up but i i often will see some of the most successful people in recovery these are people that are running treatment centers <laughs> that have you know sober livings just like huge amounts of things and there's a quiet sort of um like i, I just remember i have a friend in particular who is wildly, wildly successful in what he does. And uh, I remember a quiet conversation with him that didn't have anything to do with like, you know, what he was doing for a living or anything like that. But it got brought up that like, um, you know, he used to play music. And so that was like a big thing for him. 
And uh, and there was just this quiet moment where he kind of looked at me and it, it was like a throwaway line for him. I don't think he thought anything of it, but I could tell there was like a depth to it. And it was like something I wanted to push on a little bit further to see where it led. But he kind of just quietly was like, yeah. And sometimes I just think I should really just be playing music. Like, and he left that kind of sadness hanging in the air. But it was fascinating to me because I thought to myself, I was like, well, yes, like one, we could get into the whole creative stuff and how that can always be a part of your life. Uh, but the avenue I kind of wanted to explore and go down is like, but wait a minute, can't you see what a freaking miracle your life is right now? And like, they're real in my eyes, there's no other way this played out. <laughs> like you were always supposed to be doing what you're doing right now. It's just that in our hearts, sometimes we still think like, yeah, but the real miracle never showed up. Like I didn't actually get what I wanted in life. So I guess this is all right though. You know, and that's, that's such a sad way of looking at life. Like acceptance doesn't mean a C plus life. It means like, it means it's beautiful beyond reason in maybe ways you couldn't even imagine. And, and, and that's the thing. That's the thing too, is like, we don't, we don't once and for all make ourselves available for a miracle. Mm. We constantly make ourselves available for a miracle because and that constantly making ourselves available for a miracle is by being willing to continue to see things differently. So keeping an open mind, keeping like an open so. mind, a radically open mind. It's like, you know, and you know, I, cause I, I mean, when I started doing spiritual counseling, I was like, Oh my God, what a miracle for me. I love being able to help people. Mm. But then, but then the podcast came along and then the books came along and then a mm. couple of music CDs. And so I basically, for me, I, I had to keep seeing the miracles were happening. I had to keep making myself available. Yeah. It's not once and for all. And so praying for a miracle is praying to have a mind shift that mm -hmm. makes it constantly possible. Yes. It's, it's turning. Yeah. It's turning the thing around. It's, <laughs> it's yeah, letting it's, you it's, see things with new eyes. Yeah. And it's, and it's not, so it's not absolute. It's mm. not like, it's not like, Oh, my life is not a miracle today because I'm not playing music. Exactly. Exactly. Because that, that, that's an absolute. Right. Because basically what we've done is we've created an absolute about what we're doing today. It's like, no, what you're doing today is still in process. Totally. Totally. It's still growing. You're still expanding. You're still, you know, doing multiple different things. And music is never not available. You can play music. Totally. I mean, it might just look differently than it might just look different than what you're used to having it look like. No, and it's totally. one of the things that you and I talk about. What? Because when I started doing spiritual counseling, I started writing my own music. I'd never written before. Well, I'd, ne so the, I'd never the, written a song before. And the fascinating part about that is you came from a really strong like history of music, but you were mm -hmm. a drummer. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a unique shift in that perspective, too, for you, because I remember you telling me, and you've been open about this on the podcast, where you're like, I couldn't play drums anymore because I knew I couldn't be playing in like bars and bands and like things that were bringing me to that. So you had to kind of pivot and go... Okay, uh, what I mean, can what, I do? Yeah, what am I going to do? Sit in my living room and play drums along with records all day, right, or what? Right. I mean, I can't well, do and, that. And I mean, 
in in much the same way, my life when I when all the shit hit the fan for me, I lost what I thought was going to be my creative love, which was like writing sermons and doing that every week and and thinking, you know, the whole time like, oh, this is all just buying time until I can get back to that. Right. And that's the dangerous thought. Is that's that the da- that's I the need absolute to get back to life. <laughs> no. Right? When when that's not true. Like life no. is happening right now. That's what's happening as we speak. Um and to get back to is just the worst thing you can do to your soul because it just points your soul in the wrong direction. It, it's, it's, it's saying, like, it's like things were going well when it was back then. And God in heaven, like, I mean, there's a reason my life was so destitute at a certain point. <laughs> I, it was in response to whatever life I was living there. And you have to kind of remember that like in early recovery too, uh, it may take multiple different pivots, but the the most dangerous thing you can do is go, I just need the life I had before because there was something in that life. Let's all just be real. <laughs> something was going on in that life that was causing us to use and drink the way that we did. And so going back right. to it is going to destroy you. And I mean, I like... I tried that multiple times to go right back in and it right. killed, it almost killed me, you know, multiple and, times. And so our, I think our work today is to be able to see the miracle in today. That's it. And, and, and to, and to know that, that it, that a, a miracle making yourself available for a miracle is a constant process. It's the way mm. that we view life. Mm. Mm. It's having a different attitude about life, beginning to see miracles I mean, the fact that you and I are doing this podcast and we've been doing it for a year and a half and totally. the fact that you and I have remained good, close friends for a year and a half and we're both sober. And I totally. I mean, Particularly I mean, that I am sober after a year and a half. I mean, it's fucking nuts. No, it's crazy. And I mean, so, you know, to me, I think it's an, you know, the that's one of the reasons I wrote that that reading is because mm. it's it's about having a shift in perspective. Well, and I love, I love how you pointed it to that. Like the, the, the fact is, how many miracles are we walking past on a daily basis when we choose to shut off our perspective to all the different things that could be going on in the universe and in the world, right? Mm-hmm. The the best story I have on this is um, from a, a rabbi named Lawrence Kushner, and he talks about it's an old rabbinic tale. And uh, it's, a, it's two guys named Reuben and Shuvan. And Reuben and Shuvan are two of the Israelites uh, when God, uh, when Moses parts the Red Sea and they're escaping from Egypt and they're going from slavery, like these, you know, these people were enslaved for generations. And that meant working seven days a week, no pay, you know, no time off, hardly any food, the worst conditions, right, in the whole world. And they're being led into freedom. Uh, but the thing that they have to do is they have to walk through. The, the Red Sea isn't something they get like carted through. They have to walk through it. So you have to imagine this. There's probably like there three million of these Israelites through a tight space. They don't know where this is geographically. I tried to look that up once as a pastor, couldn't find that. But the fascinating part that I did find is that it probably took them like 12 hours to get from one side to the other. So you have to think about that. So it's this guy, they're grumpy. They're just got they're like just post enslavement. And they're walking through, and this as the story goes, Reuben and Shuvin are walking through, and they begin to complain to each other. And they begin looking at each other, and their eyes go from looking at each other, and they say, look at how, like, muddy this ground is. And we didn't ever have to walk in muddy ground like this in Egypt. And why did we even get taken out of there in the first place? We had, like, three square meals back there, and, you know, it was life was good. At least it was on schedule. At least we knew what we had. 
And they then the story goes, their gaze shifts from talking to each other to then they look right at the ground and all they're focused on now is the mud on their feet and their sandals and they keep shaking it off because they can't see anything else but the mud on their feet. And they get to the other side and they see everyone dancing and rejoicing and singing. And the whole moral of this story is that for Reuben and Shuvan, the miracle never happened. So even wow. though they walked through the Red Sea and they came through the other side, for them, they, that transformation never happened because they were looking down at their shoes. They couldn't the see, time. yeah. They couldn't see. They couldn't see. Wow. I mean, it's, you hear there's a, a little metaphor, a little tale in AA too. If, you mm. know, it, what is it? How do they, how did they phrase it? Um, they say if um, you're something about you're so focused on what, on how your life needs to look that you basically you're shortchanging mm. You miss the life you're living, essentially. You're shortchanging mm. what's possible. Mm. That's, that's you're, sell, the, you're selling yourself short. Selling yourself short. Yeah. 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 And so that's, I think that's, you know, I think a lot of people, a lot of people, when they hear the word miracle, they they think of hoochie coochie stuff. And it it really isn't. It, yeah. It, it really isn't. Anybody going through any kind of a spiritual transformation what you're what you're really looking for is a shift in perspective of being able to see things differently it's not necessarily about things changing it's about seeing you know and again when you're working even in the mental health industry you know sometimes we have these mental health challenges we have physical challenges physical pain and blah 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 a, a lot of that stuff and a lot of the solution of that is seeing it differently seeing it as an opening instead of a closing mm. I think it's so beautiful because yeah, it's not, it's not that the exterior circumstances have changed, but the interior circumstances have changed. So actually, like when a miracle happens, something's changed, but it's us, <laughs> rather right. than the stuff around. And I think that's so key. Like I, yeah, um, I don't know if I've ever told this on the podcast before, but yeah, the my wife and I lost a a, a late term pregnancy about four years ago now, and. We're uh, we're almost at the point of um, having a baby again, which is a crazy full circle kind of a thing. But uh, when we lost this this first baby, we were in just like a weird state of of grieving and mourning. And um, and uh, one night we were sitting around and uh, and we decided we were going to throw a birthday party for this uh, for this child. Um, who had not been uh, had the chance to be born, right? And it was just a really sad thing. But we wanted to honor it. We wanted to do like a ritual and just celebrate this thing. And we lit a candle, uh, and I prayed, and then we kind of sang happy birthday. We blew out the candle, uh, and then we kind of turned to each other. We gave each other a hug, and then we turned back, and the candle went, shoom, and it lit right up again. And this is me, Richard. Like I'm a pastor, and I'm not into this woo-woo shit. Like if that happens, <laughs> I'm out. I'm calling an actual priest, and the whole place can get like exercise. It, 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 whatever. I'm not into it. Um. So I looked at that thing, and I was like, okay, wait a minute, what's going on here? And I blew it out. Uh, we looked at each other, and then out of nowhere, shoom, the flame comes back up. Um, really? And in this moment, yeah, Chelsea's Chelsea's demeanor changes. My demeanor changes. We feel seen by whatever it is you want to name that as but for us we felt seen by god um and it, it just felt warm and uh and when we were able to hug each other like there was this weight that was lifted off of both of us and we just felt amazing 
Um, now that sounds like a miracle, right? <laughs> but fast forward about 15 minutes later, I'm drinking, I'm like going through the trash uh, as I'm throwing something away and I, I find the package of these candles oh, and the candles were those trick candles. <laughs> <laughs> when you blow out, they light back up. Right. Um, but instead of, you know, like going to Chelsea right away and being like, Oh, the whole thing was bullshit. And like, look, whatever. Um, no, no, no. Like, like the beauty of it was that uh, we experienced that miracle, whether those candles were real or not. The fact is, like, we still experienced the miracle. The miracle was, as you were just saying, and as your reading said, it was a shift in our perspective. It was a change in us, like the lightness exactly. came from inside. And so, yeah, man, I'll take that to the bank. That's a miracle. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it doesn't I, have to be woo-woo and extreme. All it has to be exactly. is enough to get you there yeah exactly i mean the outside circumstances we may not always have control over them but we do have the control over how they're perceived and and the impact that they ultimately carry on us and and that's i think what you that's a, an amazing story i love the fact that you went and saw that in the garbage and you found that oh, wow. uh, oh my god that's that's you know but i think i think you were able to see that through a different lens and and I think you could even choose to see that you are, you know, a month away from having a new baby in your life, that maybe oh. that was something that was that resulted from that warmth that you both felt, you know, there it is. I mean, that's yeah. kind of where I would go. I yeah. would go it's like, wow, that, you know, that is it's almost as though it ignited some sense of fertility in you or whatever yeah yeah or just you know, you know that's kind of yeah kept that I mean, love alive yeah all of that's real and i mean that's true yeah, like i, I encourage there i always encourage people you know if you're if you're having this potential shift in perspective mm -hmm. make it as broad and as big and as wonderful as you possibly can see how far you can extend it that's what i would say with spiritual practice don't be afraid to exaggerate that's beautiful i love that don't be afraid to exaggerate that's amazing advice <laughs> that should be the name of this podcast <laughs> don't be afraid to exaggerate yeah that's really make, cool make, make it make as it a as, moment yeah. make it as big as you can it's all up to you that's it that's i it. always tell people with that doing with spiritual practice if you're getting up in the morning and you're doing the values work and whatever prayer work and meditation that you're doing make it significant figure out how to make yeah. it as significant as possible give yourself a magical moment I light as many that. i mean i don't know most people don't even know me but when I go to bed at night and I, I'm being vulnerable here, I was, I was telling go. somebody on the, uh, I have, I have those, those like those little, um, candles that you have batteries in and oh, yeah, yeah. Those the little lights light, flicker. Like, yeah, yep, but they're, yep. they're like big ones, you know, they look yep. like, like actual candles. I have them all over the freaking house. Beautiful. And so when I wake up in the middle of the night, I feel like I'm in this beautiful zone of, that's peacefulness awesome. it just gives me this air of peacefulness and and see that stuff matters because it affects the way that you perceive things it affects yeah. the way that you walk through the world yeah that stuff is so cute that's why it like like when you carry something significant with you like it's a necklace or maybe it's a it's something you put in your pocket at the beginning of the day yeah. all of these things truly do matter because they can kind of bring you back to center like yeah. i love that example because yeah i we're setting up our new place here and i we don't have any art on the walls or anything yet and all that and you begin like being in a place for a long time without that stuff you begin to realize why we put that up and mm -hmm. it's really because like mentally it helps man <laughs> when you're looking around you realize like oh i live here this is my space you know all those things and that just helps you kind of like 
move through the day in a better and more beautiful way. And that's really what, what spirituality is at the end of the day. It's just learning bit by bit and piece by piece to live this life more beautifully. Exactly. And, and, and to create ritual around it, to right. make the ritual as big and as magical and extravagant as you can. Mm. I mean, wh why not? What else you got going on? You know what I mean? <laughs> I think that's such a good point. Right I now. mean, life yeah. is so difficult when we yeah. do have these moments that we have the capacity of extending and making larger. Why would we not want to make them larger? You know, I mean, I go, I go through the house and light all these candles before I go to bed. And it's like, oh, this is me preparing for bedtime. And it it's so funny. The other night there was a big explosion, and the you know the power went out and blah 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 blah. I was fine. I had all these lights you had going all those on. Candles? That's great. That's really <laughs> great. Oh, I love it. I love so it. it's 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 great. So I think you know if we look at it in terms of miracle, I mean, you can create your own miracle by by taking by looking at where in my life can mm. i extend mm. um the the moments that are wonderful tiknot han has a great practice that i've used in many of my sessions and it's a practice called the three breath practice mm. and it's um it's it's a very simple practice he said when you know when you go through your day and you have a sensory experience that's beautiful. Like say, for example, you're walking down the street and you smell somebody baking bread or making coffee, or mm. when you get up in the morning and the coffee's being made or whatever, whatever sensory, you know, or you smell a flower or whatever, stop for a few minutes and take three nice deep breaths mm. and savor that experience. Mm. I love that. So basically you're extending the feel good moment for three deep breaths. I mean, you could do that with a sunset. You could do that with, mm. with, with a sound, the birds in the more in the morning, just sounds, sensory perception, maybe the wind blowing on your face or the, mm. the cool breeze of even a fan in your apartment or what, I mean, it doesn't make any difference, but mm. just savor that moment by, and ex, by extending it during three deep breaths. And so basically yeah. you're doing a couple of things. You're really being mindful of a beautiful moment. You're giving your body oxygen and you're indelling this beautiful moment in your memory. That's so, so beautiful because it, it gives it space to be what it deserves. And mm -hmm. I, I think that's such an incredible, yeah, they've measured, Richard Rohr talks about that all the time. They've measured that, like the bad news will stick with us right away, but good news takes a couple seconds to really stick like the bad news does. And if we don't give it that space, it won't stick. <laughs> so, you, you have to put, you have to put effort into it. I, I had a day, uh, yesterday, they're all blurring together because it's been a crazy week, but I had a day, uh, cause I've just been out of town, came back in town, um, and I had a day where a bunch of stuff came in all at once that was just like really great. Like <laughs> just, there's no other way to say it. It wasn't bad, it wasn't stressful. Just everything kind of came in and it was really great. And I started welling up with tears and I wrote down in my journal, I was like, wow, like God's just really good right now. You know, and you can put universe, you can do whatever you want, but like that was just a really crazy moment to, to for me to be able to go like, this is really good right now. And if I don't just stop and like let these tears flow and just say it's really good right now, 
Humphrey's past that, and then that's like basically missing the miracle, right? That that's me <laughs> staring down at my shoes all day, going like nothing good ever happens to me when like mm-hmm. goodness is smacking me in the face. And if I don't take a second to just say thank you for that, then wow, right, right. maybe I've missed the whole thing. And that in essence is the miracle, being able to recognize it and be grateful for it.